Hello and welcome to the My Hope Story podcast from Hope Community Church, Balanak. Stories of hope, all about Jesus. Who are we, but sinners saved by grace? Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm alright, can't complain. <laughs> you How's <could>. yourself? <laughs> doing alright, doing good? okay. Uh, I'm near kitchen at the moment, so I haven't eaten takeaway, which is a... That's, that's uh, it's a bonus. Absolutely, absolutely. Although I'm sure you prefer the kitchen to the takeaway. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe. In the long term. <laughs> um, why don't we get you to introduce yourself first, Yay! since uh, <laughs> since if I go telling Faith to do it last week, I, until I mean, like 20 minutes in. So see, when you say why don't you, are we like debating, or are we just like, is that just <laughs> an invitation to introduce myself? We could spend the next <laughs> hour and a half debating it, if you want. <laughs> I don't think anyone would listen, though. No. <laughs> no, I probably wouldn't. Okay, so tell yeah. us who you are, and um, what you do, and uh, and hope keeping each other's balance. Uh, well, I'm, I'm Chris, short for Christopher. Um, Who would have known that? <laughs> it could be short for other things. Short for Christopher. Uh, Christopher Kerr. Uh, I, I, uh, when we are allowed to be here, I sit over there and I mess about with the computer. Okay. And I, I make things appear up there. Uh, so that's about all I do here. You're also a member, right? <laughs> I, I'm a member, that's true. Which is the most important part. That, that is the most important part. <laughs> none, none of your wizardry that you do. <laughs> we, all, we all have our part to play. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay, um, so here we are in Hope. We're um, in Hope Hall. Hope Hall and Baylison, mm-hmm. and you are the first guest on that is actually from Baylison. That's right. Well, Other than myself, because I've been Well, that's true, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, technically, I'm, I'm not actually from Baylison. Well, you live here. I live here just now, yeah. I wasn't originally from Bales. Well, that's what we can talk about. <laughs> so, why don't we start with that? Where, where were you born, where were you brought up, and so on and so forth? I was, uh, I was born in Bells Hill Maternity, which is no longer there. Um, makes me feel old when I say that. Bells Hill's still there, though. Bell Hill's, Bell's Hill's still there, but they, they've not got a maternity hospital. Or, they've not got that maternity hospital. I don't know if they've replaced it. But, uh, yeah, the, the hospital's not there. I was brought up for the first four years of my life in Motherwell. Yes, indeed. <laughs> we have a lot of fans from the church. Uh, and Motherwell is quite, it's quite debated, especially when the results don't go their way. But we'll, we'll, not, we'll not talk about that too much. That's maybe for another guest that's, to talk about football. For, yes. Uh, I don't know how much, much about football, but certainly my sympathies would be with Motherwell. <laughs> I, I'm one of those like weird people. I've got like three teams. One of them's one of them's Aberdeen, the other one's Rangers, which doesn't make any sense. But there you go. We'll not go there. <laughs> we'll not go there. Okay, cool. Uh, before we start, then I just want to uh, comment on your attire. Smart dress as always. I feel very underdressed now. That's that's all right. Um, I'm sure we can work with that though. Don't 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 feel don't feel ashamed. It's just. <laughs> I didn't say I was ashamed, I just said I was so underdressed. <laughs> well, don't, don't feel underdressed, you know, this is, that's, this is overdressed for, for, uh, for here. Yeah, that's good, I'm glad, I'm glad you admitted that. Okay, so, born in uh, Bells Hill. Yep. You spent the first four years of your life in Motherwell. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your family like? I'm assuming mum and dad. Yep, mum and dad, with. brother and sister. Okay. Two dogs, uh, guinea pig. Used to be two guinea pigs and now one. Okay, so that, this, this tells us exactly where this podcast is going to go tonight. Pretty okay. much. Um, brother and sister then, are they older, younger? No, no, I'm the oldest. I'm the, the, the oldest. There's uh, five, five years between me and my brother. And uh, 
don't know how many years it is between me and my sister. She's 14. Yeah, I guess right. Okay, and what age are you? I'm, I'm 24. Okay, so that'll be 10 years. <laughs> it's, not, it's not difficult maths. No, well, I, I, it was my birthday recently, so I had to think about it. <laughs> okay, so when did you move to Bayliston then? Uh, moved to Bayliston uh, just before I started school, so. Okay. Um, and that would be nine, 2001, I think. It was 1997 I was born. Same year uh, Tony Blair was elected. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> We've covered a lot for the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah, so I was, yeah, I wasn't, that wasn't the highlight of the year. Me being born was the highlight of, of the year. Then. I remember it. Yeah, it went downhill from there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so moved to, to Bayliston when you were, say, five ish. Mm, yeah, right uh, then, yeah. For, to start uh, primary school. For starting primary school. Were you, were you brought up in a Christian household? Uh, we, we, we went to church sometimes. Okay. So we were kind of. Norm- we say normally Christian, so um, when I was very young, my grandparents would take me to church on Sunday, and yep. uh, we went to the church of Scotland in Cranhill, okay. and um, my, my gran and my aunt, they used to take to Sunday school, and um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad I had that, that upbringing with um, uh, some Christian input, well, maybe not as much as I'd like, but it's certainly uh, more than I could have had, so I'm... I'm grateful I had that sort of foundation there, you know. Yeah, more than what I had, so there you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> so, was, so you say your, your gran kind of took you to church. What about your mum and dad? Are they, did they go to church yeah, or did they go to church? They went to church sometimes, yeah. I mean, usually the, the, my mum would be working sometimes on Sunday, you know, as I kind of got older. Um, they, would, they would sort of take me whenever I wanted to go sort of thing, you know, which wasn't that often, but <laughs> whenever I wanted to go, you know, we'd, we'd sort of yeah. go along. Okay. What about your, your brothers and sisters? Are they Christians? No, I mean, they, 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 I think they'd be kind of the same, kind of, well, kind of the same as I was at that, that age, although I think they're kind, of, they're kind of very independently minded now, you know, they're doing their own thing, yeah. sort of thing, you know. Um, yeah, so it's, kind of, it's difficult to say exactly where they are. But. Okay, okay. So when your gran's taking you to church in Cranhill then, Hmm. Which church, which church life like as a as a youngster? Um, you mentioned, I think it was says your aunt was doing the Sunday school. Yeah, my oh. and my grand, so they, were, okay. they were both taking the Sunday school. So what was that like? Oh, it was good. It was good fun. Um, it was always I always enjoyed going to see my grandparents. So you know, it was it was it was good to uh, more than anything to go and see them. That was that's certainly the way I felt about it at the time. Um, and I, there there was times in my life where I sort of felt more Christian, so to speak, than all time. So um, there was there was some way there was feeling there, although I, I wasn't saved at that point. Um, but I did, I used to enjoy going to church. There was a lot of children in the Sunday school at that time because there was a lot of um, asylum seekers in the area. So the Sunday school yeah. was pretty full, um, as far as I can remember. So it was quite busy at the time. There were a lot of children there, and you know we used to we get sweets and stuff. So. That seems to be the highlight of Sunday schools, man. <laughs> Getting sweets. Absolutely. You still have an adult Sunday school? <sighs> Absolutely, man. That's, hey, you need to start dishing out sweets during the sermons. Once we're allowed to get back together. Oh, you know, you, you could deliver them to the houses if you really want. Um, okay, so you're quite enjoying Sunday school then. It's quite mm-hmm. busy, which is, which is great. Yeah. Um, was there any point where 
Because you mentioned when you, your mum and dad would take you when you wanted to go. Why would you not want to go? Was there any particular time where you wouldn't want to go to church? Well, it was just like the sort of default that we didn't go sort of thing, you know. So it was like, it would sort of occur to me, oh, I fancy going to church this weekend. So it wasn't so much like there was times I didn't want to go. It was just so much, you know, I was just doing what we normally did. So I wasn't really thinking about it. Um, we'd only go if I did think about it sort of thing, you know. So I was just sort of um, doing what I'd normally do on a Sunday, but most of the time. And what would that normally be on a Sunday? Not much. <laughs> Very much at life at the moment. Yeah, maybe, maybe go visit somewhere, which you can't do now, but yeah, not, not particularly much. Okay. So you're obviously really, really young at this point, so you're probably, yeah, I don't know, I suppose church is just something that's there. You may be not committed to it at this point. Mm-hmm. What was it like kind of the, uh, through your, your primary school years then, growing up in, in Bayliston? Yeah, like? um, so at the primary school, um, there were again times where there was a sort of, I felt, more Christian than us. I mean, we used to have a, a chaplain there who was the, the minister at St Andrews over the road. Okay. He, he, was a, he was a great guy, his name was Bob Gierke. He used to come in and sing gospel tunes with us. And that, that always stuck with me. That's part of that whole sort of foundation that uh, I think kind of set me up. Do uh, you want to give us a wee tune there? Yeah? David did, <laughs> so there's no pressure. I, I don't remember all the words. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember, I think, uh, yeah, it was stuff like, you know, uh, one more step along the, the, the road I go, that sort of thing, you know, just get the whole world in its hands, all those uh, classics. All classics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, know, I, I, I know the whole world in your hands. <laughs> I remember that from my school days. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, give them oil on my lamp, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so you've got this guy coming in then, um, doing a couple of songs, um, and you... you You've mentioned you started to feel a bit more Christian than others. What, yeah. what do you mean by that? Well, a bit more Christian at um, other times than okay. uh, sort of like so. There'd be times in my life where I kind of felt um, particularly like I, I was a Christian and I, I, I believed it, although again my knowledge was very limited. But um, mm-hmm. then there'd be other times where I would just be, you know, uh, not that I was particularly rejecting it, just uh, it was sort of apathetical, you know, just sort yeah. of going about other stuff and not thinking about it. So what really makes you a Christian at that age? Probably just going to church on a Sunday? Yeah, going to church and the fact that if I was asked, I would say I was a Christian, I believe yeah. in God. Uh, but I was baptised as an infant, that sort of thing, you know. But that's really as far as it went. There was, yeah. um, I hadn't, I hadn't, I didn't know the gospel, I didn't understand it, other than very sort of vague terms, you know. Yeah. Okay, and was that kind of the same throughout your, your kind of primary years? Yeah, yeah, for primary school, um, through and uh, kind of the start of high school, okay. which was kind of when I started to go go back to church regular. Okay, so let, let's just stick with before you go to high school first of all. Um, so you associate yourself being a Christian by going to church on a Sunday, and most people would probably say, "Yeah, that sounds about right." Mm-hmm. You don't really understand the gospel, or you don't even know what the gospel is at this point. So you don't really understand what it truly means to be a Christian. What about any friends? Do you have friends that are Christians out with out with Sunday school? Um, well, I, I I was in the boys' brigade across the road again at that church for a while. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, they, they are the people there, well, not necessarily, I don't know if they would say they were Christians, they were people who would go along to St Andrews on occasion, like myself, you know, they would go, like, for the Remembrance Sundays and stuff, and we yeah. had a parade on, so. Um, I think that's really, other than that and the people who I kind of knew through Sunday school, um, at Cran Hill, that was really kind of, my, my cousin as well, obviously, because he was in, he was in the Sunday school with us. So he's the only, he's the only person I would I would still know from from back at that time, you know. Okay, interesting. So you're more associated with Christian people, if you like, by going to church on a Sunday, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe some boys' brigade as well. And they, I'd imagine, do some sort of Christiany, religiously stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it probably is very vague. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So. When when did you when did you start to understand what it meant to actually be a Christian? Was that in the young days, or was that as you got a bit older? I, that was as I got a bit older. Um, when I started going around various different churches, um, I don't know if you want to go into that yet. We can come on to that later <laughs> on then, if that's if that's what you like. Um, so we spoke about what it means to think you're a Christian when you're younger. So. Mm. Maybe we should just take a wee side step away from your life and just talk about what it actually means to be a Christian, just so that we've got that comparison there. Mm-hmm. So what do you think it means to actually be a Christian? Well, it's, you, first of all, you need to understand, um, before you can become a Christian, you need to understand that you're not one and how you you are in, in God's sight, how God sees you, and that is that you've sinned against him, that we're sinners, we've broken his law, uh, we're unworthy of... of any we're unworthy of his grace, but uh, we're deserving of hell. Um, because we've rebelled against him, we've broken yeah. his law, we're sinners. But uh, God in his mercy has provided a way through uh, Christ, who uh, God was manifest in the flesh, he went to the cross and he took our sins and was resurrected on the third day. So now that if we, we turn from our sins and turn to the Saviour, we put our faith in him, uh, God will forgive us, he'll uh, prepare us a place uh, in heaven for the pass on. Preach. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so that's what it means to be a Christian. I think yeah, I think Pete's sermons on a Sunday should should just be like that, man. Just <laughs> straight to the point. You've gone to hell, or you're no. Job done. Right. Okay. Thanks for that. So at least the people that are, are non-Christians that are potentially listening can I know that comparison. It's not just about turning up on a Sunday mm. or being friends with with people that go to church. it's, yeah. it's a lot more than that. Mm. You mentioned earlier on that you were baptised. What, what age were you baptised at? Um, well, since, I was still a baby. Okay. So I was christened and then I was baptised as a believer later on. Okay, so you were christened when you were younger. I was christened, yeah. Christened that, into the Church of Scotland. And that seems to be... Growing up, you... and that, I don't know if it's just a, a Glasgow thing or if it's everywhere, but everyone seems to just get their wings. Christened, yeah. even if they are not believers themselves, it just seems to be the the go-to thing. Get your wings christened. I don't, I don't really understand. Yeah, that. well, I think well, obviously you've got the big divide in Glasgow, religiously like between yeah. the Protestants and the Catholics, and regardless of uh, how genuine that is to anybody, that's that's the sort of tradition you're brought up in, and that's yeah. what you bring your children up in. So I mean, it's kind of the same same for us. Um, so the Church of Scotland is kind of like the default if you're a Protestant. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was where I was christened, you know. The interesting thing is my, my granny, she wasn't originally a Protestant. She was from a Catholic background. Okay. But she she 
converted to the Church of Scotland when she married my granddaughter. So. If it wasn't for that, I could be I could be somewhere very different just now. I bet that didn't go down too well with her parents, but I'm sure that is for another. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know actually. Um, I mean, her side of the family they still are very um, Roman Catholic uh, yeah. or of that sort of tradition, you know. So. Okay, fair play. Okay, so we're kind of summarise your your kind of younger years up until maybe the end of primary school. Um, what was start of your, your kind of high school years like? You went to Barnerman, is that right? That's right, went to Barnerman. Okay. Um, it's where uh, two were the chaplains. There we go. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know whether that was a good thing or a bad thing, but... <laughs> Meeting them isn't a very good thing. <laughs> you end up like this. <laughs> exactly. I mean, well, it could have been worse, I suppose, couldn't it? I mean, they, 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 were, they were teaching us some good stuff, so... Good. I'm, I'm glad they taught some good stuff at, at one point. Um, so what was Bannerman like? I went to Bannerman, so I know what it was like. You, you know what it was like, yeah. I think it's a lot different now since it was me over there, but um, it was a uh, pretty decent high school, you know. Everybody was doing what doing what you do when you're in those years, you know. Remember <laughs> that? Were you guys there at the same time? I, we, we might have been. We, we might have crossed... Cross years at a couple of points, I don't know. So I left Bannerman in 2010, mm. I think I left. I can't, well, I, I went back, so I started primary school when I was four, and I, I went from Caledonia to Swinton and I went back a year, so I suppose that would mean, maybe that, I don't know, maybe, maybe cross passes all time, I don't know. Everyone, I can't remember well doing the math. <laughs> everyone knew me in Bannerman, so yeah. we, we, may have, we may have crossed paths <laughs> at one point. But. Okay, so you went to Bannerman. Um, still going to church in the early kind of teenage years? Yeah, well, just, just, just as much as I... Well, they, just as much as I, I had been until I, I decided that I wanted to start going back regularly. And what was that turning point then? Why did you decide you wanted to go back regularly? Well, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty bizarre. It was, uh, it was one, one evening I remember my mum saying to my dad, um, my, my aunt, uh, her sister, was asking if we were going to church that Sunday because she had a pair of my cousin's shoes for me. Uh, okay. My dad said, "Why would we be going to church? Because we hadn't, you know, we very rarely." Because we, we didn't have shoes. <laughs> well, exactly. That's why I needed to go. I needed shoes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's that kind of got me thinking. Well, why why weren't we going to church? You know, so I I sort of started going back. I went back to the church of Scotland, uh, and I I just felt there was something missing. There was I. I don't know what it was, but I just felt I wanted to go see somewhere else, see other churches. And so I started this sort of denominational pilgrimage. So <laughs> I, I've, I've been to just about every denomination there is in Scotland, just about. Okay. So it was a time, I, I nearly joined the Salvation Army for a time. Uh, I was going to the Episcopal Church. Uh, where else was I going? I was going to the Baptist Church in Easter House. Yeah, and uh, so I've been to a few different churches. Uh, it was this time as well, I was going to the Gospel Hall. I was going there consistently, even while I was going everywhere else. Yep. I was going to their evening service, so I was consistently hearing the gospel there. They were sharing the gospel with me, so that was at the t- it. Was at that time I was starting to understand what it means to be a Christian, and uh, that I could look back now and say the Lord was drawing me in, particularly through the gospel hall. Although certainly all those other places I went to certainly had a positive influence for the most part. Okay, so why jump about churches? Why not? 
stick to what you were getting from, well, from the, the Church of Scotland. Scotland. Yeah. I don't know if that's a discussion we want to have, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, but I wasn't. But I wasn't really. Why good. were you curious, or? Well, that's yeah. I, I I don't know. I think within hindsight, I can say the Lord was leading me elsewhere because I wasn't getting the gospel at the church school, okay. and I, there wasn't any hope I was going to get the gospel in the church school for the most part. Um, so the Lord directed me elsewhere. Okay, well, that's fair play. And let's talk a little bit because you mentioned getting shoes to go and <laughs> we obviously mentioned earlier on and everyone knows that you're always well dressed for church well I, I, I make an effort I wasn't always a kid okay so so why then why well I think ultimately it's it's about it's about reverence for the Lord that I want to kind of make this period this place where we go sort of distinct from the rest of my life where it is it's a place where we go and we gather up to worship God uh, in accordance with the way he set out but in the in his word, so it's basically just about reverence for the Lord. Um, of course, there's no passage in there that says you must wear a tie, so you you use it all right. But <laughs> <laughs> so I don't expect it of you. But I mean, if I was going to, you know, the old analogy is if you were going to meet the Queen, you wouldn't turn up dressed, you know, your civvies as it I were, would. you know. I would don't like meet the Queen. So well, 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 that's that's. Uh, <laughs> I'll be a discussion for an audit. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get me started on it. <laughs> okay, so you're just yeah, out of respect in and out of, yeah. Okay. Mm. Was that kinda of installed you when you when you were younger? Was that No, not at all. It was really from when I went to study at Aberdeen. Which will come on to. Will come on to that, yeah. But, but it, it certainly wasn't something that was installed in me while I was in the church school. Okay. Yeah, because uh, the church school don't really have much opinions about anything really, so <laughs> They couldn't really care less how I was dressed. Yep. <laughs> well, this is probably the most controversial <laughs> podcast I've had yet. A statement of truth. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely, that's good. Okay, so you're at Parliament then. Uh, you're starting to go to church a bit more often. Mm-hmm. You started going around different churches because you want the gospel. You want to hear the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you also mentioned that you're also going to Gospel Hall, which is just a long road from here. Yeah. Why are you going there and still jumping around? Are you still trying to find the truth, or are you? I, I don't know yet why you were still jumping around. If you, yeah. if you were still going there and getting the gospel there. Yeah, I suppose as I look back now, it probably didn't really make much sense. But at the time, I was still very ignorant. I wasn't saved at this point. Um, so I, I, I kind of had. It's kind of typical with me, I'll start something, but I won't finish it. So, like, I had this strong desire to join the Salvation Army, but then after a while, I was like, I want to move on somewhere else now. Okay. So, um, so, is that your way of telling me that you're going to get unlock it halfway through this? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, not this. No, it's, it's, just like, it's not going on long enough for that. It's going on like, longer, maybe. But, uh, <clears throat> but, yeah, that was kind of how it kind of progressed. So, I mean, it kind of started off. I wanted to join the Salvation Army and then I got fed up with that and so I went to the Baptist Church in Easterhouse. But um, yeah, I was still going, as I said, I was still going to the Gospel Hall on Sunday evenings and I was going to the prayer meeting there and I suppose just initially probably because it was it was convenient, it was close, yeah. uh, you know, it was nice people there and I was enjoying going and seeing the people, you know. Um, so pro- that's probably how it started but, you know, the fact that you know, as I was going, I was I was hearing the word preached. I was hearing it preached faithfully. I was hearing the gospel, um, and you know they were spending time with me, discussing, you know, witnessing to me, sharing the gospel with me. Yeah. 
um, giving me literature and stuff. So I was kind of being established there, I think, in ways that I wasn't necessarily being elsewhere. I don't mean that sound unfair. Certainly, you know, other places I was going, uh, a lot of those places wanted to see me saved as well. You know, they were trying to witness for the Lord, so I think. Um, yeah, I think I was kind of being grounded at the Gospel Hall and um, I was kind of enjoying being there and it was handy locally, probably the reason. So you're you're starting to starting to get fed the gospel and you're starting to understand the truth. Mm-hmm. How does that start to impact your life? Because you you mentioned earlier on that you thought being a Christian was just going to going to church, hanging about with yeah. other Christians. Feel like that that probably thought the same thing as you. But now you're starting to hear the gospel. You're starting to hear about Jesus. You're starting to hear the truth. How does that start to reflect in? And your life out with a Sunday. Yeah, well, I think I think the first impact I remember is that I realised I wasn't a Christian, which was fundamental to realise that I wasn't actually right with God. That I needed I needed to become right with God, but I wasn't in that place yet. Can you remember how that made you feel when you came to that realisation? I can't remember how it made me feel, but I remember um, I remember speaking to my mum on one occasion, and you know, saying, you know, I, th- I thought I was a Christian, but I know, I know I'm not a Christian. I think she'd said, I think I'd said something, and she said, you know, but yeah, you're not already a Christian. I said, I, th- I thought I was, but I'm, I know I'm, I'm not a Christian. Okay, what age did you get at this point? Do you think? Uh, thirteen or fourteen at this point, so right. very early teenage years. Um, but again, at that point, I'm I'm still not saved. Uh, yep. This is just the start of, you know, things starting to dawn, and um, I, I, that will eventually end in that point and be come and say, well, not end in the sense that, you know, just I mean. begin. <laughs> exactly. Okay. It's uh, the end of the beginning. So you started to realise. So you mentioned there the first thing was was understanding and realising that wait a minute, I'm not actually a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, all these years of, of maybe take me further away from God if you like. Um, because I've got that wrong understanding yeah. of what it actually means to be right with God. Um, what what other things are starting to, to impact your life then after after that realization? Other things. Um, well, yeah. I'm, again, I'm 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 starting. To, it's it's starting to dawn gradually. You know, as I'm as I'm I'm, I'm hearing the gospel preached. As I'm I'm reading the literature they're giving me. You know. Um, I remember one uh, one Sunday evening, um, after you know, preaching because I, I, I as I understood I wasn't a Christian, I, I had a strong desire to actually I, I had a desire to be a Christian, yeah. uh, and I didn't understand how I sort of crossed that bridge as it were, how I went from not being a Christian to being a Christian. So there was one evening where they they took me aside um, after the meeting, we were thrown into the back hall, and they they spent a good. I can't remember how long it was, but we were in there for a while, and they basically just went through the gospel with me and they explained it to me. And so they're giving me literature away, and um, and I, I I felt you know I really did want to be a Christian. I felt I wanted to be a Christian, and I felt I I, I needed to be one. Uh, I needed to be saved, but I still I, I I didn't have a grasp of it, you know. Yeah. Okay. So you want are you trying to eat all this information up? Yeah, you, yeah. I'm, I'm reading the literature and I'm. I'm going through the sinner's prayer and all the rest of it, you know, and uh, I'm I'm going through all this stuff, and then ultimately it does get to the point where it just clicks, it clicks, and I I, I do place my faith in, in the Savior by God's grace. Okay. Did you feel as if you had to know everything before I, you you placed no, your trust in I don't think I felt I had to know. It. I just 
I, I understood I wasn't a Christian and I, ne- I knew I needed to become one, but I think that's, I didn't, I, I just didn't understand how I got to that point sort of yeah. thing, you know. Uh, I wasn't sort of like, um, like studying systematic theology or anything like that before, we st- before I um, c- converted, you know. I wasn't quite at that stage. <laughs> Not that I'm really at that stage now, but. Okay. So what, what that's maybe jumping ahead a little bit. But what, what age were you saved? I don't know about thirteen or fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so not long after you. No, no, no. It's, it's within this time period. Okay. Um, so not long um, after this is all going on, you know. Yeah. So where was that turning point? Can you remember when you were saved? Yeah, it was just it was one uh, it was one day I was in my room and I was going through this gospel track, and um, you know I I'd done it before I I'd gone through um, gospel tracks and I'd prayed the prayers and stuff, but. I think I hadn't really come to a point of true repentance until this point where I I prayed the prayer and I, I genuinely meant it and I genuinely turned from my sins by God's good grace. You know, he gave me a new heart and uh, I was born again and I, and I knew at that moment that was that was the point at which I'd been saved. Okay. So you mentioned repentance there, which brings me on nicely to my next point. Um, being a teenager is tough. You're exposed to a lot, um, you are tempted by a lot. Was there anything that, any kind of sin at that age that you, you struggled with? I guess I struggled with a lot of sins at that age. Um, I think particularly when I was at school, probably I struggled most to, to be different. So I, I think there was a, t- a degree to which I was, I sort of stood out as a, as a Christian as it were, but there was also I, w- I was too much in with the sort of crowd I was in and taking part in, you know, what what at the time, you know, seemed like maybe a bit of a laugh, a bit of a joke, but in hindsight was maybe a bit nasty towards individuals and stuff. You know, you know what it's like yeah. at school. So I think I wasn't uh, distinct enough. But I remember there was, I remember changes that happened. I used to, when I started at high school, I used to swear like a docker. But that was like the first thing to go. Okay. But it, it took a bit of time because it had become so ingrained even in that short period of time. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad to say it's not something that happens now. Okay, and that, that's a good example. That's, of, yeah. of, of, but that's, that's, that's entirely by God's grace, otherwise it'd, it'd still be there. Yeah. So you've been saved, um, you're going around church more, you're trying to take in as much of the gospel as you can, as much of God's word as you can. How does that start to impact your your friendships? Because I'm assuming you have friends that are non-Christians at school. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, well, this is one of the things I was saying today on the chat when we were talking about witnessing. I, when I was at school, it was, it was so easy to start a conversation. And I used to have a lot of conversations with people. I used to, I used to end up debating a lot of people um, so I, I think I probably did more for agnosticism than I did for Christianity. <laughs> I think I did more to cast doubt than actually, yeah. you know, um, share the gospel. But it, it was it was helpful and beneficial in some ways. I mean, you know, you know Andrew. You know, we used to yeah. have discussions and stuff back in the days. You know, and I had discussions with a lot of people. So I think yeah, uh, people knew I was a Christian. And I mean, I remember at one time. Uh, it was in a PSE class. I got asked by somebody in front of the whole class what my opinion was in same-sex marriage. <laughs> that must have gone down well. It, 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 went, 
it went okay actually. I, I told them what Jesus said, and that, that seemed to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that you know that's important, uh, and that is great that you said that there. Mm. Well, this is what God's word is. Yeah. It's not my opinion. Yeah. It's not. Um, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Here's here's what here's what God has got to yeah. say about it. Because even at the time, I was a bit sort of, I wasn't as clear on everything as I'd like to be. So on the same sex marriage issue, I was like. My attitude was, I'm, I'm kind of happy for people to do it in registry offices, but uh, that really, is, that's, I don't think that's a consistent view for me to be taken as a Christian. Yeah. Because uh, God has clearly defined what marriage is, and it's certainly not that. So, um, so again, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure that's <laughs> why we could, but, we uh, could dive into before, but let's, let's not at the moment. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that that. I at least had some understanding to answer yeah. that question with some degree of faithfulness to God's word. And that seems to be, I'm just going to digress a little bit, and even now as you get older, people love asking you stuff like that. Yeah. And abortion's another big one, which yeah, well, definitely it's all the, the buzz about. topics. But they, they love it, they yeah. absolutely love it. And they just love to get a, a, a true Christian's opinion on it because it, it creates a debate and it creates a, almost a, a reason to argue against God's word, mm. mental, but you're right, even when you're younger you get exposed to that. Yeah. So, everyone knows you're a Christian at school then, you're trying your best to, to speak about it, albeit maybe not for the right reasons that you spoke about, um, however still potentially getting the gospel out there. Were you ever teased or bullied or anything for, for being a Christian? Um, no, not particularly, I think sometimes it would happen, sometimes people would have a bit of a a poke about it, you know, they have a bit of a laugh, but it wasn't something that ever particularly bothered me, I don't think. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's if if you're being, being teased for being a Christian, it's the best thing you can be teased <laughs> for, really, isn't it? Well, that's true, <laughs> that's true. So, yeah, but I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I don't remember that being a, a big issue. Okay. What do your friends think about you saying you've been saved? We, we, we mentioned this briefly on on Dave's podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he said his, his friend that he told was was kind of like, all right, cool. Um, was was that a similar reaction to to what you had? Yeah, I, I think it was. Yeah, I mean, I had one friend who he he would occasionally come to the the gospel hall sometimes, but I think he came on maybe one occasion. But he he used to go to Sandy Hills, okay. uh, the Church of Scotland there. Yep. So I mean, he had some exposure. Just like me, you know, and he he was in the boys' brigade there, so I think he, I think he was kind of in the same position, similar position that I I had been. Um, so you know, I was I was always able to talk about things with him, you know, and I think he. Uh, yeah, I think it was just the same thing as you know you were describing there happened to Dave. Okay. There was uh, there was never any sort of uh, I never experienced any particular opposition, so to speak. Yeah, and what about your your family then? What about your siblings? Are they in the same boat as you, or have they started to go in a different direction? Yeah, I think they're they're, they're not um, involved in the church, so I'd say yeah, they'd probably they've kind of went a different direction. Okay. Um. So I mean, as I say, it's difficult to know exactly kind of where they are and what they're thinking and stuff, yeah. you know. But they they certainly haven't gone down the same road I've been down. So. Okay. So you've got. I'm just trying to piece together all your different parts of your life here. So you've got this kind of life where you've been saved and you just want everyone to know about the gospel and that's amazing um, you've got some friends that are can i go to church and, and so on and so forth you're, you're trying to 
speak about it as much as you can in school, but it's maybe turning into some arguments and a bit of debate, and then you've got your, your home life, um, where your brother and sisters are maybe not quite where you're at. Um, how, how is it at, at home then, when you're being this, trying to be this devout Christian, and maybe the rest of your family isn't quite there? Is that, is that difficult to... It wasn't. It wasn't difficult. I think they 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 were they were very accommodating because they, they were the ones who were. My mom, usually my mum was taking me to church on Sunday. Yeah. You know, when I wanted to go to some desperate place somewhere. You know, she was driving me there. So I mean, yeah, they were very they were very they were very good and helpful uh, yeah. at that time. You know, even though uh, we weren't I don't think entirely, weren't entirely on the same page and things and stuff. So. I mean, your sister would have been really young anyway. Yeah. At that point, when you're still, when mm. you're running about the age of getting saved, so. Yeah, I, I think one of the things I think my mum found quite confusing was when I, were, was being baptised as an adult. Um, she, I think she, she struggled to understand why I was being baptised again. You know, I think she seemed, she seemed to think I was kind of like, uh, sort of unhappy with what the, the fact that it had me christened. Yeah. Which I wasn't necessarily unhappy about. Um, but as I said, you know, I was quite happy with that foundation that sort of been laid, you know, yeah. that kind of that upbringing within the church and that that the, the knowledge that was sort of implanted. So, what age were you baptized? Uh, I was baptized as, a, as an adult. Yeah, yeah. I was baptized on my my sixteenth birthday. Okay. Because uh, my dad wanted me to wait till I was sixteen, but technically I was still fifteen at the time I was baptized. So. That was a kind of compromise. <laughs> you. Either that or the, clearly the whole household is just terrible at understanding ages and, and differences. <laughs> no, it's just um, me. My maths is terrible. Okay. <laughs> it's just me. So what led to that moment then? When you were, So you were saved when about 13, 14. Mm-hmm. You've been doing this, trying to tell everybody about the gospel and, and so on and so forth. And you're baptised at 16. How do you get to that point where you're baptised? Well, how did that come around? Well, yeah, it was just a sort of, as, as I'm, after I get saved, I'm, I'm growing in my knowledge and my closeness to the Lord. Um, I think to some extent, some of the folks at the, the Gospel Hall and the elders, they, they weren't used to having this um, sort of infant Christian. That, so um, I think they, they, they were kind of like trying to let me learn at my own speed, but I think I was kind of looking for like more kind of leading, you know. Yep. So as I, kinda, as I was going along, I was sort of discovering things sort of, Gradually, so I, I kind of discovered, all right, I need to be baptised, so we, we organised that, and then, then after that it was, all right, I need to become a member as well. So it was kind of like, it was happening, but it was kind of like, I was kind of gradually discovering that in my own time, you know. Yeah. Um, which, I, as I say, you know, it would have been good to have a bit more kind of leadership on some of these things, but I think, I, as I say, you know, the elders, they weren't used to this kind of, you know, teenager who just gets saved and... That sort of thing, you know, so it's, it's understandable why that sort of developed that way. So when you're at church then as a teenager, is most of the members that are at church older? Would that, yeah. yeah, yeah, the sort of youngest was probably in their 50s. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why you dressed the way you dressed Well, it, it wasn't actually until, uh, until I went to Aberdeen I started dressing like this, so I mean, you know. <laughs> Blame me, Aberdeen. Yeah, and, and Aberdeen, the, the, the church up there, the people were much younger as well, so. Okay. <laughs> So I think it's maybe a good opportunity just to discuss baptism then. Um, people that are listening might be confused as to why you got baptised when you had already been christened. Mm-hmm. I suppose a lot of non-believers. Uh, and clearly your your parents also 
I'm a bit confused by that. I, I, why? why? Why do you get baptised as an adult if you've already been Christian, uh, christened? Yeah, well, the, the, the baptism, um, as I've already been saved at this point, so the baptism's really just the symbolism of what's happened to me following up me being originally christened. So the, the, I was saved and then the baptism's just to represent what happened to me being saved. So I think it's important that I make that declaration because Christ commands it. Yeah. The, the, the Word commands it. Um, and it's basically showing what's happened to me sort of internally, so to speak. So, uh, you know, Pete likes the metaphor of like putting on the team jersey, doesn't he? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, it's, it's a public declaration of, of what the Lord's done in my life. Okay. Um, that, that's all it is. The salvation comes before and then that symbolises it. So does that, does that mean the christening when you were a baby meant nothing? It's di- well, it, it, it was, it was an, it's difficult to say exactly what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't want to... I wouldn't have done it if I had the choice, but, I mean, I, I'm not unhappy that it happened. I'm glad that I had that... that my parents were committed to bringing me up in that way. So it's not something that I'm, I, I reject or I'm angry about or anything. I'm, I'm, in some ways, I'm quite happy it happened, although I don't agree with the theology of it, you know? Yeah. Do, do you think that that's something that parents just think there's something they need to do to, I don't know, to, to make sure that the the baby is is, is comforted some, in some way by God during that time? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I've never, I've never really spoke to my parents about why they did it. I think it's just because, you know, they were in the Church of Scotland and that's what you do, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So again, you know, I'm not, I'm not complaining about it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I, it's difficult to know exactly what kind of... I understand why the, originally the Church of Scotland did it. I understand the theological justification, but I know that I agree with it. <laughs> and <laughs> but, I, think, uh, I think that will help a lot of people that are potentially listening that are, are non-believers just to know that... Because some of them might be christened and they might maybe potentially call themselves Christians. And to hear, we spoke about earlier on, what it means to actually be a Christian, that also comes with with a baptism to to show, to declare that you've actually been saved or put the put the team jersey on if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean that's important that, that people know the difference between being christened and, 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 and yeah. having that baptism later on in life. Um, okay, so you've been baptised then, you're 16, 15, well I'm not sure there, we're a bit yeah, yeah. unsure of your it age. It was my 15th birthday <laughs> but it was before whatever time I was born at. <laughs> But they, yeah, they did yeah. play Happy Birthday at my baptism, which is very rare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've, you've been baptised. Uh, are you still at school, I take it? Cause you're just yeah, yeah, I'm still at high school, yeah. Okay, so when did you leave school? I left, well, I stayed on the extra two years, so I, I left 2015. I started, I think I left that, must be that summer, and then I started university in September, I think it was. 2015? Yeah. And you sound so young. <laughs> like, I got married in 2015. Is it? Oh, mental. <laughs> it doesn't seem that long ago, but I suppose it is. <laughs> Six years ago, nearly. Okay, so you stayed on at school the extra couple of years, left and then went to university. Um, where did you study? Theology. Why? I wanted to be a minister. Okay. Yeah, in the Church of Scotland, who I've just criticised. 
<laughs> okay, so why Aberdeen? Uh, they, they let me in. That's <laughs> the basic reason. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I can I heard things before about um, Edinburgh and Glasgow and stuff, and I had relations in Aberdeen, but I think. If I'd gone to Glasgow or Edinburgh, it wouldn't really have been that different. So I'd heard things about, you know, the, the theology lectures and stuff in terms of, like, liberal and conservative and stuff. Yeah. And it was kind of liberal bias and that sort of thing. But I don't think it'd been... Aberdeen was the same. You get some lecturers who are liberal and they give you their point of view, and then you get some lecturers who are conservative who give you both sides. Okay. <laughs> that, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> okay. So was it quite daunting, just going up? Oh yeah, yeah it, was, it was very daunting. This the first time I lived on my own, so um, yeah, basically what happened was my we went kind of up that weekend, and uh, my aunt and uncle, who are pastors up in Aberdeen, okay, uh, they were having a barbecue with their church at the beach, and my parents left me that barbecue, and that was the last time I seen them until I came home. <laughs> so tragic. <laughs> <laughs> my parents <laughs> left me at that barbecue. Well, I, came, I came home at Christmas, so it wasn't that long. <laughs> I just, it, just, it sounds as if we should, or feels as if we should have some like, sad music on. Just you crying, your mum and dad walking like off in the distance. In, uh, Toy Story. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. you were left at a barbecue um, <laughs> to fend for yourself. Although yeah. your aunt and uncle were there, so not really. Yeah, then, then, then they left me as well. <laughs> they, <laughs> they dropped me off at the student accommodation. <laughs> okay, so, so how is how is life at, at uni then? You've obviously went up there with the purpose of studying theology. Mm. So you're not moving away from scripture, you're not moving away from from God. You wanted to obviously work in ministry, you wanted to be a minister. Um, so what was it like then? What was it? No, it was, it was great. The first year, uh, particularly, was great. You know, I was in um, was in the halls of the residence, which was uh, my was pretty quiet. And um, we're at a place called Hillhead, which is just sort of cross road from the university. Yeah. So uh, through the park and then the, the student accommodation behind the park, and uh, it's you get quite you get kind of. We, I was in the sort of older blocks, so our blocks were pretty quiet. But some of the the newer blocks, they they were quite busy at the weekends, you know. Yeah. No, at the minute, but it's certainly were at the time. Um, Uni so, life, so you could imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so, mate, I was I was quite fortunate. I was kind of kept away from all that. Um, so I, I had my, like, I used to call it, it was like my single end, because I had, like, my bed and then, like, my sink, and then there was, like, shared toilet and shared kitchen. So that was, I was, I had a great time there. And then I met a lot of Christians there through the Christian Union. We used to go there every Monday, and somebody would come and, used to have a thing called Equipped, um, and somebody would come and basically preach. It was supposed to sort of set you up for sharing the gospel, but it was yeah. really just a church set. Uh, but that was good. You know, we used to sing some good hymns, some not so good hymns, but, you know. Okay. <laughs> you used to get some good teaching. I remember somebody came once and uh, they were, they were like, um, speaking about this German theologian, and all the theology students were like Martin Luther. And it was Martin Luther. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was good fun. I used to enjoy that. And the classes were good as well. Um, so this might, this might sound like a silly question, but the other students that are on the course with you, mm -hmm. I'm assuming the majority, if not all of them, are Christians. Yeah, well, uh, some of the people I knew from the CU were in the course as well. But uh, you, you get a mixture of people. So um, so, some so you can like, pick classes you could take you know, from any subject. So... You, somebody could be studying engineering and they'd picked, you know, 
uh, New Testament just out of interest. So you, yeah. you, you, it was mostly people who had an interest in theology anyway, but sometimes you'd meet other people from other subjects, you know. So, yeah, I knew a lot. Of, I got to know a lot of Christians at that time, a lot of Christians of my own age. Uh, I learned a lot about the, about the scriptures at that time. Um, I learned a lot of perspectives on the scripture that I learned to take with a pinch of salt. But uh, it, was, it was good in that sense that you got to learn uh, what was kind of people's perspective as well as, you know, what was just the, the word, so to speak, you yeah. know. Now, obviously student life, um, most people will perceive it as just getting drunk every weekend and or every night potentially uh, and just generally yeah. messing around. <laughs> how, how is that for you as a Christian dealing with that and having that up in your face? Yeah, well, I, as I say, I, kinda, I was able to avoid most of that. Um, I remember the only time I was ever in a nightclub was uh, it was for the CU pub quiz and it was a former theology college. So uh, that was the only thing. I could have went another time with the Chuckle Brothers were visiting, but I, I just came out of my work, so I decided not to bother. I so thought to the life of me could not imagine you in a nightclub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, see the, so I don't, I don't go to nightclubs either, but see the minute we're allowed to, I'm taking you to a nightclub. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No, that's not happening. That was, uh, that, that was something I, I cherished, was the fact I'd never been to a nightclub until I went to that one. No, that, was, that, was a, that was a bit of a chink in my armour, but there we go. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was fortunate enough, I managed to avoid most of that, although some of the people I knew um, through the Christian Union, they, they indulged in a bit of that, so I, that was probably as close as I came to it. <laughs> they indulged in a bit of it, and, and almost <laughs> exposed you to it. Okay. <laughs> so is this, so you, have you made a conscious effort to stay away from it? Because, yes. so uh, is it because you want to be closer to Jesus, or is it because you know that, that that's sinful uh, if it takes over? Mm. Uh, and was there a fear of that happening? I, I think there was, it was a, a bit of that I knew it was sin, probably a bit of pride as well in it, if I'm honest. And uh, yeah, I think it was also just because I was doing my own thing. Yeah. You know, I, was, I wasn't going to the pub, I was going to the CU Monday night or nights I was working or whatever, you know, so I just... I just did my own thing, sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about church life then, up in Aberdeen. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty. That's just about as varied as it was here. <laughs> okay. So why don't you give us that, an overview of, of church life then? Yeah. Uh, in Aberdeen. Well, the first church I went to was my aunt and uncle's church. Um, makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we'd, wherever we'd been to Aberdeen before, that's always where we would go, and I, I always used to enjoy it when we come up to visit you know it was very modern it was very lively it was uh, you know it was singing and dancing sort of thing yeah. you know you know the thing <laughs> modern evangelism what, what singing <laughs> <laughs> yeah well they don't you don't know the thing now but they did before <laughs> uh, so yeah that so I, I sort of started off going there but I, as you could guess that's not really my cup of tea <laughs> no. no so i ended up a few different places i ended up going to a place called hebron which is um Ex-brethren, so obviously the Gospel Hall down there, that's brethren. Uh, Hebron's kind of ex-brethren, so they don't really know where they are, you know. Half the church is one thing, and then students or some, and the young folks or something else. So. so why don't you explain what brethren is for, for those that don't know? 
the, the Brethren is a movement which arose uh, primarily in Ireland. <laughs> Don't need the history. Just want to know the, the difference between... In the, in the 18th century. <laughs> um, yeah, well, basically, the Brethren's emphasis... Uh, is on going back to the world as much as possible, so they don't have uh, ministers, they've got a, a pl plurality of elders, um, and it's very much uh, congregation-led, so the worship is based around, um, they have what's called open worship, so on a Sunday yep. morning, uh, the, the worship is open to sort of the, the men to stand up and pray and give out hymns and read scripture and stuff like that, and then uh, we take the Lord's Supper. So it, Everywhere I've been, it always culminated in the Lord's Supper. But some places they have the Lord's Supper first. Yeah. But uh, it's one of those things that it's it's kind of like it's kind of like enshrined whether you do it first or you do it last. And it's it's sometimes it, it it's one of those things in the brethren that can be like made more of than, than it needs to be made more of. You know. Yeah. Okay. That, that's interesting because I can I can't actually picture a <laughs> a sermon going like that. Um, where it's not actually led by by a, a pastor. Yeah, well, th that would be a separate meeting. That would be a teaching meeting. Okay. So one of the elders or somebody who who is appropriately sort of uh, gifted in that way would would teach yeah. at a separate meeting. But the the Sunday morning meeting would just be open. Yeah. So it'd be sort of spirit led, as it were. Somebody, if they felt led, would would stand up and they'd pray or they'd, they'd give out a hymn, that sort of thing. So that 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 was. Um, yeah, so Hebron, that was ex-Brethren, so they'd sort of moved on from that, or the most part they had. Yeah. But the older folks, they, they were still sort of in that place. And uh, the students, they, they sort of just kept to themselves. So it, it was a good church in terms of it was, it was theology was sound. But I, I, I didn't really feel kind of cohesive. It didn't really feel like a kind of family unit, the way yeah. that this church does or the other church I went to after I'd been in um, uh, Hebron. The other church I went to after that was a proper brethren assembly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely proper. But it's about as proper as you can get without being closed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's talk a little bit about church in general then. Um, what do you think it... Because you, you mentioned there that it didn't really feel like a, uh, maybe one unit, um, the way we have it here in, hmm. uh, in our church. What do you think it means to, to be a church then? Is it you turn up on a Sunday, you don't generally know anyone, someone's speaking at you and, and that's it? Is, is that what church is supposed to be? It's not what it's supposed to be. Um, but I think this is one of the things that I began to understood from going to the, the, the church I eventually joined in Aberdeen, the, the Fountain Hall. And I think it's something that I've began to understand over lockdown as well, the, the, while we couldn't meet. Yeah. Um, the church is it's well the body of Christ. Well, uh, one body, many parts. So um, everybody has has got a gift that they can play within that. You know, so if nobody's sort of dispensable. Everybody's part of this one body. So. And you're part that plays the wizardry. Exactly. I'm I'm the I'm the guy that presses yeah. the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean that that's essentially what it is. We're the the bride of Christ. We're we're one body. Uh, we gather together as one. Um, and that, that's 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 the sort of visible representation of the invisible church, as it were. So, the the visible church, of course, is uh, all the Christians all over the world and yeah. in heaven. Um, where it, so the local church is like the sort of visible representation of that. 
So you've spent the majority of your church life up until this point jumping around. Obviously, you've had your ties to the gospel church yeah. just along the road. Yeah, no, I joined there eventually. So, but even up in Aberdeen, you've you've started jumping around again. So, do you realise that that's not what church life is supposed to be, or? Yeah, not not until I get to um, the Fountain Hall, where I become a member, and, uh, because that that's such a close uh, church. Um, the, the, and there's a good there's a good broad demographic as well. So it's like yeah. there's there's the older folks. Then you've got a lot of young families who kind of were students in the nineties or whatever, and then they kind of stayed on and had families. And then you've got the students today. So you get a broad uh, range of experiences as well. So there's a lot of a lot of father figures, a lot of grandfather figures as well, you know, a lot of mother figures and that sort of thing. So. And did you enjoy having that different dynamic to what yeah, you Yeah, yeah. It was, it was good because you had the other students there as well. So you had somebody you could relate to um, uh, who was more close to your age sort of thing, who was yeah. at your level as, as it were sort of thing, you know. So it, it was good to have that, that range of experience. And that felt very much like a, a sort of family unit. Yeah. So aside from the kind of age range, what other things made it a, a church, if you like? Yeah, well, um, well, uh, basically the the fact that they, they were bound to the scripture, they wanted to be as faithful to the example we get of, of church from the book of Acts as possible. Yep. You know, so as we're going down good through Acts, and uh, basically that's, that's the whole ethos of the brethren, although they don't like to call themselves the brethren, because <laughs> as they say, they're, they're just going back to what, what happened in, in Acts. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I think that's basically what it is, it's, they're, they're found on the scripture, they try to be as close to the scripture as possible. Yeah, so does that mean you're spending time with these people out with a Sunday? Uh, well yeah, I mean, the, the, one of the good things about um, being there was all the students used to get a dinner every Sunday night. So we'd be in somebody else's house. Always comes back to food, doesn't it, when you talk about charts, man? <laughs> yeah, food's always, food's always good. <laughs> so, uh, but that, that, was, that was good, because that's how you got to know people. And um, you got to experience other people's hospitality. And um, So that was always good. You were always in somebody else's house every week. Then occasionally during the week, somebody would invite you over their house again, you know. Uh, more food? Yeah, more food, usually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for a student getting free food, that must have well, been no, excellent. There was, there was no complaints to be heard. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, that, that's, that's important that we're brothers and sisters, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're not just a, a Sunday mm. gathering, see you later, and, and not speak to people again for a week. Yeah. You know, and I love the fellowship that we have in, in, mm. in our church, and it's a shame we don't have that quite the way we did on a Sunday, but we're all in each other's lives throughout the week, and yeah. it's it's beautiful to see that, and and that's God's grace that He's brought all of these people together, uh, and we do actually love spending time with each other because mm. it'd be so easy just to leave church on a Sunday and, and forget about everyone else. But the yeah. fact that we have that uh, that fellowship together mm. as a family is yeah. is incredible, and it sounds as if you had a little bit of that and. Oh, absolutely, yeah, well. very, very much so. Um, I mean, we used to have as well. One of the one of the chaps is now an elder up there. He, he was originally from Glasgow. Um, he used to uh, lead a Bible study with with uh, some of the students. So it was it was just a sort of, it was like a kind of men's Bible study. 
Yeah. Uh, always, it was called, there was a name for it. I can't think of it, but a name for it. But we always used to start with Curry. We'd have Curry and then we'd have the Bible study. So we were going through James, which was, and that, that was great as well. Um, so yeah, that was all just part of that whole sort of family dynamic. I really felt yeah. there was a real closeness to um, among everybody, you know. We had something similar when we used to uh, do a, a men's Bible study <laughs> pre-COVID. Um, we'd go to the Bells when Ricky was staying there, man. He would always make a, a banging spaghetti bolognese. It was, it was great. <laughs> Miss those times. Yeah. So... This all sounds great, what you're doing up there, and you're clearly, you know, trying to spend as much time with the Lord and his people as much as you can. But where, where are you at with the walk then with, with the Lord? Do you, do you feel as if you're, you're close to him? Are you, yeah, just talk, talk us through where you're yeah, at with it. I felt particularly close during that time. I remember when I... After having, you know, again, no, no real commitment to anywhere before I came to the Fountain Hall. I remember when I first joined the Fountain Hall, you know, it was, a, it was actually a friend who I'd met um, through classes who the, the Peach knew. It was a guy yeah. called Douglas, who, who was uh, Greek Orthodox at the time. The two of them seem to know everyone <laughs> just all over. Yeah, like. it was bizarre. We were walking back from class one time and I was telling them about the Peach and, you know, what they were doing down here, you know, planting the church, and he was like, yeah, I know they. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, oh, typical. <laughs> so how did you, let's go digress a little bit here, how did you know what was going on with, with the peats and, and planting? Yeah, well, when I was coming home, uh, whenever I was coming home, I was I was always coming along to whatever was going on uh, in Berlanet. So right. I was like seeing the progress sort of And that was just through periods. knowing the peats from when you were at Barrowman? Yeah, yeah, so they used to run the uh, Scripture Union with Dave Clipson. Yeah, I know Dave. And, uh, yeah, you remember Dave? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was how I got to know. I originally, the first time I met them was actually at Rock Salt, because my cousin used to go to Rock Salt. Okay. I don't no, know I if you were there at the time. I don't <laughs> know. Smiley, James Smiley? Yeah. Big ball guy, Smiley? I recognise the name. I kind of think who he is, but I recognise the same. I, I didn't actually go to Scripture Union. I did as a leader later hmm. on a couple of times, but I didn't go when I was at school. Um, I was probably bullying people that went to it, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's probably when I'm on that seat. <laughs> um, okay, so you, you're in Aberdeen, you're kind of hearing what's going on around Balanoc with, with the peeps, um, and you've spoke to this guy that you met at classes who know the peeps, and I think, you, were you going on to say that he recommended this, this church for you to join? Yeah, Is that yeah well, that he, he'd been looking for places to go as well. Yeah. And he was he was very pernickety, pernickety about where he went as well, just like me. So um, he, he'd got this gospel track through the door from the church because there was a couple of, couple of the elders, uh, Jim and Eddie, who uh, Jim I got particularly close to, because I, I, I eventually became involved in that track and effort. Um, they, for years, had been going round the doors in Aberdeen, different areas of Aberdeen, and yeah. giving out gospel tracks. And it was basically because this, they, they dropped this gospel track off at this flat, that's how we found the Fountain Hall. And uh, we went along this first Sunday, and I, I was like, oh, I love this, this is great. And uh, because it was the same theology as the gospel hall, um, all I needed to do was to get a letter from, from Bayliston, and that was, I was a member. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's the way to do it, because... It's based on obviously the experience of the yeah. elders in Bellison of me and, and their recommendation. Okay, so pretty easy transaction then. Yeah. That's good, that's good. So how, how long were you up in Aberdeen for then? 
I was up in Aberdeen, I was four years, so I was there from 2014 to 2019. Okay, so your original 2015, plan... 2015, sorry, not 2014. Your original <laughs> plan was to become a minister. Hmm. Did that change? Yeah, it changed while I was up there. But, but as the interesting thing, I found that talking to students, nobody really seemed to have any idea why they were there. Nobody had any idea where they were going or what they wanted to do. It was it was very rare to find some find somebody who actually knew what they wanted to do. Yeah. Um. So I I kind of I kind of I didn't really feel as if I had the confidence to be a minister. Um. And I'm not sure the Church of Scotland would have me anyway. But. Uh, so yeah, I my my idea of what to do. I, I knew I wanted to do something within some sort of ministry related role, but yeah. that sort of became more vague. And uh, since I've graduated, it's become almost impossible to find it so vague. Uh, so yeah, that, that's yeah. I, it became more vague as I sort of went along. Um, but you know, I'd, I'd still love to. I'd still love to do something professionally in, in that realm. You know, getting the gospel out, and yeah. serving serving God in that way. But um, hasn't hasn't come up yet. So. So what was the turning point then? Why did you decide? Oh wait a minute, maybe. Being a minister isn't isn't what I'm going to do. Aside from the confidence, was there anything else? That I think that was really just it. I, I I didn't feel I had the um, the confidence to be a minister. I, I was anticipating as I went through university that would sort of uh, become routine, but okay. it didn't. So that, that I kind of went off that idea because okay. of that. So things have changed. Did that hinder your relationship with God at all? No, no. I, I, no, no, it didn't hinder my relationship. No, it, uh, no, I think I, I'm, I, I just have less of an idea about kind of what what I want to do. Um, yeah. So I'm more open, and in some ways, I suppose I'm maybe closer to God because I'm more open to His leading, His guiding about where He wants me to go, yeah. rather than what I have in my head about what I want to do. You know. And did that? How did that make you? How did that make you feel when you you had this plan to go up to Aberdeen? Study theology, become a minister. Yeah. To went up to Aberdeen, had this plan. Oh wait a minute, that's not going to happen now. What, what was going on in your head at that time? Were you were you praying about it? Um. Well, I think it. I think it just becomes kind of more more vague about the direction I'm going in, uh, which is still the case just now. Um. Uh, so yeah, I I kind of went from having an idea to not really knowing where I was going. But um, as I say, I wasn't alone in that. Most yeah. people I knew didn't really know where I, where they were going. Um, but a lot of things changed when I went to university. A lot of my opinions and my perspective on things changed. Um, so I think a lot of my theology was was improved. Yeah. Uh, was sort of hardened and, and sort of moulded. My politics changed. A lot of things changed. Um, as I sort of grew up in that, that environment. So where did you find the comfort then in knowing that what you set out to do wasn't what was going to happen? Because it happens all the time with people, and I'm yeah. not just talking about Christians, but I know loads of people that have had big plans, went to university, blah, 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 and, and end up in just a normal job, and they feel as if that was a waste of time. Where, where was your comfort in knowing that, in fact, I've invested this time, I'm not doing what I set out to do, However, where, where did you get your comfort? Well, ultimately, I know that um, God has ordained where I'm going to end up. So I think that's what sustained me at, at the present time. 
which I think we'll come on to later when we talk about my my chosen verses. Yeah. Uh, it's really the sovereignty of the Lord. I know that everything is preordained, the direction that I'm, I'm going in, the end point, how I get there. The Lord's already determined it, so uh, it's, it's nothing that's happened to me wasn't supposed to happen, but it's all happened um, for God's glory and for my ultimate good, so... Okay. Yeah, nothing was really being wasted in that sense. You know? So you found comfort in knowing that the Lord's got a plan for you and whatever His will mm. will be done. Okay. So you've been up in Aberdeen then for four years. Um, you come back to Glasgow and you end up at our church. I, I know that you kind of had an idea of what was going on with it because you know the peats and you had been in and out a couple of times and you were visiting Glasgow. But how did you end up at, at Hope? Well, that, that was that was a, a bit of a conflict internally in itself, because um, I originally come back to the gospel hall. Yeah. Um, but the gospel hall, although it's the same, generally same practice and theology as the the fountain hall in Aberdeen, the the, the place is very different because it's not got that. Um, I, I say it's all mostly older folks. So yeah. I, I didn't have that. Um, sense of like um, sort of shared experience with people my own age and I didn't have the sort of kind of father figures I did and, and mother figures in the same way. Um, whereas here there was much more, as I say, much more of that, that sort of collective family feel. Um, but the other issue was, was issues of, of theology, um, which points of contention between me and, and the peach. But, uh, so that, 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 it was sort of in my own head and in prayer and with other folks, folks at Bayliston and folks in Aberdeen, sort of saying, where, where, where should I be? Uh, should I be somewhere where the sort of congregation's younger, where the, the teaching's aimed at people more in my sort of wavelength in terms of spiritual maturity? Yeah. Or should I be somewhere where the theology's more in line with what I think the scripture teaches? Um, and I ended up here, so. So, so people can take from that what they like. Come on, Chris, come on. Tell us what I mean. Head coverage. Head coverage is not like the Bible. Well, no, I didn't mean that. But that's what it sounds like. Although you don't use the authorised version. So, yeah, why don't you give us an example then of, of quickly what the what those uh, differences were and what you've yeah, considered. Yeah, so yeah. it's... Remarkably, for a, for an evangelical church, we are actually pretty similar <laughs> because uh, there's a lot of churches, certainly I've been to in my lifetime, who would be on the issues I'm talking about much further away than, than we are here. So it's really just uh, the issue of head coverings, which is spoken about in head, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, uh, which is to do with the role of women, the role of men. Um, so I, that, that was something I began to understand during my time in Aberdeen. Uh, but the importance of the symbolism of that. Um, yeah. But uh, Pete's disagreed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're, we're not going into that too much then. I'm yeah, sure but that's... it was ultimately, although the, the folks in Aberdeen, the, the elders up there, they were more of the opinion I should have said at the Gospel Hall. But the folks at the Gospel Hall thought I should have came here. So, <laughs> so they didn't want you? <laughs> well, you take from that what you like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. So you've got internal battles, you're taking a lot of uh, uh, advice from elders, people of, uh, mm. who kind of try and help you go in the right direction, 
I'm assuming you're praying over it as well when you're trying to mm. allow God to guide you. Um, and ultimately, you came to you came to hope. So, how's your time at hope been? A lot of it's been in lockdown, but yeah, yeah, a, a lot of it, uh, yes, has has been. Uh, we've been we've not been allowed to meet. I could say more if I wanted to, but probably best not. Yeah. <laughs> I've said enough controversial things in <laughs> it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I definitely feel well, the Lord vindicated the decision. Um, I, I felt tremendously. So I remember uh, the evening when I, we did the, the membership close here. I, I felt tremendously blessed and remember just standing out, standing out there on the ramp, just um, praising God and thanking God that I, I, I just felt very strongly that this is where he wanted me to be. Yeah. Uh, which I hadn't felt before, you know, before I made the decision. Um, and it was in the same way, very similar to when I joined the Fountain Hall. I remember when I joined the Fountain Hall, I've, I've spent a good few weeks like just tremendously close to the Lord and I felt tremendously blessed. And um, it was it was, it was was very intense time sort of in my walk with the Lord, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and it wasn't to the same degree, but again, it was the same sort of thing, you know. Yeah. I, that I felt a tremendous blessing um, when I joined it, and uh, certainly I've, I have been blessed through the teaching and uh, through the fellowship here, as much as we've we've had, in spite of the the challenges, you know. I think in some ways it's it's brought home the the importance of of why we why we gather and. Um, the 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 importance of of praising God and the way that He's worshiping God and the way that He set out, uh, despite the the restrictions we've been under, which are yeah. obviously justifiable given the situation. But the restrictions, not the closing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, I'm I'm so glad that you feel settled in our church and yeah, set, settled for the time being. <laughs> And we're absolutely blessed to have you. You bring a completely different dynamic to the church and a different dress sense. Yes. Um, so <laughs> yeah. No, well, it's important. It's, you need you need uh, you need a bit of difference to you know ratify. You know, kind of make sure that you're um, keep make sure you're you're found in the scripture. Don't you? You don't yeah. want to be just like settled in your own opinions. You know, you need to make sure. You need to always be challenged to make sure you're you're founded in God's word. And ultimately, God. Yeah. So I'm saying that for myself rather than just you. But you know. no, we all do. And, and God yeah. uses His teachings to challenges every mm. day, man. Um, which we could speak about for hours on end of, of the examples that He's give, given us, even just in lockdown. Yeah. Um, and it's exposed a lot, uh, and it's shown a lot of people, including myself, why it's important that we we gather as a church and we we we, we spend time and and fellowship. Mm-hmm. So what do you? I'm going to put you in a spot here, because I didn't ask you to pre-prepare this, but what's the top three things that you think that is important to be a church? Well, um, Jesus ultimately. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, that's what it's all about. Um, so number one is, is Jesus. We need to be focused on Christ, who is our hope. Um, you need the Spirit, obviously. Uh, uh, number number three, see, so you need the word. Uh, Spirit uh, leads us through His word. That's where that that is the infallible source of all truth. You know, you've got things like you've got the 
we got there are other authorities. You've got the natural world. You know, you've got things like natural law, and you've got you know yeah, creeds and confessions that are very yeah. helpful, but none of them are infallible. Only only God's word is infallible, and that is that is the way there. That is where God communicates with us and, and teaches us. So yeah, Christ, the Spirit, and and the Word. Okay. I'll take them. I'll take them. <laughs> Is that what you were looking for? There's no right or wrong answer. I just wanted to say. There's no wrong answers. Well, there is wrong answers. Yeah, there is wrong answers. Um, I just wanted to kind of get your opinion on, given the fact that you bounced around a lot, I just wanted to see what, what you thought there. But that's fine. Um, why don't you, you tell us then what your favourite verses are? Because I know you've got two. I've got two, yes. Yeah. I've got two. Uh, so my first one is John. Do you need subtitles for this script? No, no, you just need an understanding of, you know, um, 17th century English. But. Well, I was <laughs> going to read all of uh, Psalms 119. That's the first one, but. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, now I decided to choose, um, this is my first verse, John 11, 11 25 to 26. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever uh, liveth and believeth in me uh, shall never die. So that was that was following the, the resurrection of Lazarus, and uh, Christ is making the point that you know um, I, I am the source of life. I'm the source of, of new life. You know you need to be born again, as he said in John three. And uh, ultimately, you know when he comes back, you know there's going to be the resurrection of the dead, and he's going to take those who who trusted in him to be with him. You know in his in his um, father's house. You know yeah. so. Okay. The other one is um, Psalm 121. This goes back to what I'm talking about, about the sovereignty of the Lord. Um, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. And I think that's really what's sustaining me at this time, the knowledge that, you know, everything that, that is going to happen in my life is, is where the Lord wants me to be. My foot will not go any further or any... Any anywhere away from where it's supposed to be. Yeah. So you know, if I'm supposed to get coronavirus, I'm going to get it. I can't <laughs> avoid it. Um, you know, and that that's it. Frankly, you know, it's and I know ultimately where I'm going. So I'm I'm not I'm not too worried about you know getting it or anything that comes after that. You know, so I know Amen. I, I can't avoid it. It's all part of the Lord's plan, and He'll sustain me through that. You know. Okay. Amazing. Thanks for sharing. Um, Giza. A good representation of where you're currently at, which is which is incredible. Now, what is your? You've kind of answered that, but what is your plans for the future? So, where do you see yourself? You want to work in ministry. What What would you like to do within ministry? Anything that comes up, really. Um, I'm I'm still not sure exactly where I'm going to go. I've got all sorts of ideas bouncing about, you know. Um, but if the opportunity arose to to serve in some sort of ministry and I was able to do it, then I would I would jump at the chance, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm just waiting to see where the Lord leads me. Um, I've got all sorts of ideas, you know. I was thinking about the navy for a while. Uh, and I was thinking about the police, and <laughs> yeah. So as you say, I like to jump about, you know. Yeah. I'm sure we'll all be praying for for whatever your next. Adventure yes. Well, they're be. they're praying in Aberdeen, so you know. Yeah. You can't get enough prayers, can you? <laughs> Say this every week, the power of prayer is incredible. However, for the meantime, we'll all get down to Domino's and, and get some pizza. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can't come in, but I mean, you can certainly order pizzas. We'll do that. We'll do that. Okay, that's it from me. I don't think I have anything else you want to cover off, uh, unless you have anything. No, I don't think so. 
unless you want to share the gospel again. <laughs> I would love to. I'd love to. Um, okay, why don't I just pray for us just before we finish up, and then that will be us. Lord, thank you again for, for this time tonight. Um, thank you to, to Chris for sharing his relationship with you over the years and how he came to know you, how he came to love you, and how he came to know your grace. Lord, I just ask that you continue to work in him. You continue to show him um, the work that you want him to do. Lord, he's, he finds comfort in knowing that you have a will for him, for him. And he will lean on the way you want him to go, Lord. So I, can, I ask that you, you continue to show him that. You continue to show him grace. You continue to soften his heart to, to new opportunities, Lord. Again, I just ask that you, you um, speak to anyone listening to this, Christian or non-Christian, Lord. They need to be speaking to you, they need to be reaching out to you, Lord, because your work is, is never done. So Lord, I just ask that you, you bless everyone listening and you you use this as a, an opportunity to, to bring uh, lost souls closer to you, Lord. I pray for these things tonight in your name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Trips. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the My Hope Story podcast. To find out how you can have your own hope story, go to www.myhopestory.co.uk. Thank you.